0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Infinite Mystery. This is Rick Pidcock, and in this episode, we're going to be reading again from Reiner Maria Rilke from the Rilke's Book of Hours, Love Poems to God. He says, I know that nothing has ever been real without my beholding it. All becoming has needed me. My looking ripens things, and they come toward me to meet and be met I like this idea here of ripening my looking ripens things and there's there are a couple a few different aspects to this first is is a drawing he says they come toward me so there's a, there's a drawing together there's there's also a personal nature to it where he says, they come toward me. There's a they and a me. And then also, there's a converging. There's a meeting and a being met. And I think that when those happen, those three things of, of drawing, of a of personalization and a converging come together in life That is when we experience a ripening in life. Existing to the fullest happens when we come together as our true authentic selves with other true authentic selves. But for that becoming to happen, I need to show up as myself. Rather than, rather than as a mirage or a projection or a shadow of who I really am. And so really it, it comes down to awareness, to that looking. And one of the things I love and one of the places where I, I see this modeled very well is in the Psalms. We see in the Psalms this this combination of raw and hopeful and violent and peaceful afraid or trusting language there's there's celebration there's there's all kinds of different expressions of the self and there's just an honesty there and and i love how it models that but it also models it in a way where there's kind of this dance between speculation and awareness and reality so at the very beginning of this reading from rilke it said nothing has ever been real without my beholding it there's there's this dance here between speculation and Realness, reality, and awareness of beholding it, and um, I remember in in my in, in the last episode there was a line that said, "There is a power in me to grasp and give shape to my world," and so seeing this connection between speculation, awareness, and reality, and how that fosters within us this this co-creating depth to give shape to our world, to grasp our world in awareness, but also to give shape to it in creativity. I think we see a lot of that demonstrated in the Psalms. And in one Psalm in particular, Psalm 22, we hear this in, in verse 1. He sa- The psalmist says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you know, where have we heard that before? In, in Christian theology, that verse is always quoted to point to Jesus. In, in Jewish theology, it would obviously point to something different, but within the Christian conversation, people automatically go to the cross where Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so, in much of the religious narrative in the United States, that immediately goes feeds into these atonement theories where God the Father in the Christian Trinity forsakes God the Son. We have these, these songs that, Christians sing about the father turning his face away. But is that really what happened? In verses 21 to 24, it says, From the horns of the wild oxen you have rescued me, for he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. So I think one of the problems here is that we will see this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we see this quote in the New Testament where Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then we say, oh, this is a prophecy about Jesus. And then we develop atonement theories where the Father is turning his face away from Jesus. But if you keep reading the psalm, we find out that, oh, actually... There is no forsaking. There is no turning and hiding of the face. But there's a listening. The, the hiding of the face was just something that was felt and was speculated about and was feared. And so for evangelicals in the United States, what, what happens to your atonement theory then? do I need to rethink my atonement theory of the father turning his face from the son because in the, in the psalm the individual, the individual simply felt like they were being forsaken they faced the dark night of the soul and they came to realize that they actually were not forsaken so maybe there's something bigger going on here and I think that's when in that question of is there something bigger going on here that's when Christians can begin to rethink their own narrative. Perhaps it might be time to listen to what Jews have to say about their narrative. Maybe perhaps we might be able to, instead of turning our face from ourselves and turning our face away from one another, we can actually look into ourselves, look into one another, face one another, And rather than promoting theologies that celebrate turning our faces away, let's promote theologies that fuel us looking and deepening in awareness. Because our looking ripens things. When we deepen our awareness of who we are and who they are and then converge together as self and neighbor in meeting and being met... That's where our awareness will ripen our lives.